Welcome inside a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm Steven Edmond, and I'm joined by my co-host and producer to the stars, Chris Brito. After waiting for what felt like years, the 2020 NBA draft is finally in the books. The Knicks picked up two interesting rookies and free agency starts on Friday. Before we get to all that, Chris, let's bring in our special guest, a really important show today, Sebastian Flores. He knows his draft really well. Sebastian, this draft went off the rails pretty quick when Patrick Williams went fourth to the Bulls, allowing Toppin, Obi Toppin, to fall to the Knicks. Do you think he was the right pick? Um, well, first of all, thank you guys for uh, having me here. Um, it was fun watching the draft with you guys last night. Uh, a lot of celebration and, and a little bit of alcohol involved, so that was fun. Um, was he the right pick? Absolutely. Uh, I, to start off, um, he, to me, was one of the top three players I wanted the Knicks to grab. Not necessarily the top three players in the whole entire draft. Um, he fits He fits a need. And he is by far... Um, look, he was the best, he was the best college player, uh, all season long, um, last year. And he's a stretch four. he can let Mitch, uh, put in work and grab rebounds and just put in the heavy, the, the, do the dirty work. And with Mitch next to him, um, he can also clean up some of Obi Toppin's, um, uh, uh, missteps and the lack of defense and, and the lack of um, uh, lateral movement. Uh, but overall, I mean, who, once OB was at eight, who else was were they going to pick? Uh, th- there was no um, – if there is a criticism for this pick, it would probably be that he isn't a point guard, um, which Halliburton would have been the pick there. But like I've been saying for months now, it, the, the type of point guard that I want the Knicks to have is the point guard that can not only play within a system, but can also um, beat people off the dribble. And unfortunately, that is in Halliburton. So, yes, uh, Obi Toppin is most definitely the right pick here. So one thing to add on that, you know, you can never count out someone who is motivated by a place that they've always wanted to play, in, like Obi Toppin. You know, he's a local kid always dreamed of wearing the blue and orange for the Knicks and now he's here. So not only did we get a guy who, you know, was, is obviously very talented. He was college player of the year last year. Oh, this season. Um, we get a player who actually wants to be here and actually wants to thrive here. And he, he could be the first rookie that we signed in over two decades. Um, anyway, I'm very excited. To about an the extension. Pick. Right. To an extension. Obi was a great pick. Very excited about it. You know, I think Halliburton was was definitely someone that we coveted to be to start with. But in the end, Obi was the one that we picked. And frankly, I'm okay with it. Like I get the criticisms with the, the point guard thing. There was nobody on the board that I was crazy about. And as you pointed out, Sebastian, all the flaws that Halliburton had, um, I would have been okay with Vassal. I would have loved the Coro. Um but I think most Knicks fans can walk out from last night's draft feeling pretty happy. I mean, there really, sorry, Steve, there really isn't anything that you can uh, that you can criticize other than his defense. 
which you got to hope that this uh, training staff can clean up for him. We're talking about a big that can not only shoot the rock. He's a To start off, he's going to be one of those big men who can shoot 40% from the wings, from the corner wings. Uh, we're talking about a player that um, is, is an above average passer, an underrated passer, um, who is a human highlight and who is potentially, I'd put him in the dunk contest within the next two or three years. Um, who's a leaper who probably jumps even higher than the seven two monster Mitch. Uh, like it's, I don't know. To me, it, this is a this was a slam. This was a home run, in my book. I definitely like the pick. I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm very relieved that the Knicks did not wind up trading up to go get Obi Toppin. There was rumors about that the day of the draft, whether they were going to have to trade eight and twenty three to move up to five. It's, it turns out they did not need to do that. So that's that's a good sign right there. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a quick second, though. You have Obi Toppin. He's a big. I believe that bigs are probably easier to find at a high level than point guards right now. And so, for example, the Knicks could have signed Christian Wood to a 12, 13, 14 million dollar a year deal. And, you know, as a modern day big guy i think he would have been a great fit and then you go draft a halliburton or you go draft a kira lewis what what do you guys think about that uh i disagree with that um i don't so your argument is that we can find another big as good as christian wood in the draft or semi i'm sorry sem- no similar I'm saying, production. i think we could have found a similar production big like christian wood compared to obi toppin i don't know about that i think uh you know, who's to say that Christian Wood would be available, right? And and is Halliburton or Kira Lewis the point guard of the future that we want on the team? I don't know. That's the question. But so, I, I definitely think those are two guys to monitor to see how their careers go. I am happy with the top and pick because, look, he, he has a set role on offense. I think they're going to find a way to ditch Julius Randle within the next year. And he'll be your starting four next to Mitch. I think those two guys complement each other pretty well, where Mitch is your defensive anchor and Toppin's your offensive guy who could also bring it out and shoot. I think it's it's a it's a match made in heaven. I think they're both going to help, you know, I mean, R.J. Barrett's going to help both of those guys. And now you just got to find a point guard. So I guess it remains to be seen who will that will be, right? Um, yeah. There's a, not that many options in free agency, Um with the exception of Fred Van Vliet. And then there's the looming possibility of Russell Westbrook coming to New York. What do you, what are your, what, well, I know we'll get to that in a minute, but um, another guy that we got quickly from Kentucky, what do you guys feel about that one? Uh, I think that he has a really kick-ass nickname right off the bat, IQ. I mean, that's just, that's just New York Post headlines waiting to happen. Hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like, uh, when I was watching uh, Kentucky basketball last season, he was the best player on the court. The kid would be lights out. It would just so it would just so happen that it would be Maxi who would shoot the the last shot of the uh, you know to win the game. So he'd get the highlights more. O- overall, he is a he reminds me a lot of Lou Williams. He's gonna end up being that kid that comes off, sorry, that guy that comes off the comes off the bench as a spark plug, and the difference between someone like him and someone like that we had in Trier 
is that Trier was more isolation basketball. And quickly, as he's proven in Kentucky, he can play within a system and also play within himself. So to be able to to uh, to cut and and drive the ball or to be able to spot up shoot or shoot off the dribble, um, I'm real I'm happy with the pick. Although, um, two things come to mind. On one side, I'm happy because the Knicks ended up getting shooters, which is something that we've been clamoring for for the last for however long now. Um, but then on the downside, I'm fairly certain, although. There are reports that say that he he was going to be picked in the 20s or in the first round, but I'm fairly certain you could have gotten him with the 33rd pick, and, and to start with the second round. So, you know, happy that we got both of them, absolutely, um, or rather happy that we got quickly. Uh, I just know that if I was Leon Rose, I would have maybe been a little bit more aggressive, or or bit, sorry, been would have been a little bit more patient on getting quickly. Yeah, yeah. And it, did, it didn't seem and, – and Quigley was someone who was averaging around 16 points a game in Kentucky, and, like, that's not a thing that you can just, like, dismiss in a program like that. And, and 42 – I'm sorry. Sorry, and yeah, 42 yeah. three. Right, and that's a, that's literally the type of person that you want on the Knicks right now. As you said, we have no shooting. you got to wonder how much the Kenny Payne factor was was a thing in this in this pick. Obviously, it seems that Payne was was the main reason or maybe a top five reason as to why this kid was selected so early. But, you know, as we've said in the past, like if that's the guy you want and that's the guy you want to get, you get him at whatever pick it is. We said that same thing about Daniel Jones a few years ago. I, I really like Tyrell Terry. I like Desmond Bain, your guy, Chris. I think both of those guys could have been impactful players here in New York as rotation guys. As Seb said, I think – Quickly could be really good. Lou Williams is a great comp. If you got a young Lou Williams with a 25th pick, that's an outstanding decision. But at the same time, as as you guys said, I think you could have got him 33rd and then added another asset like a Bain or a Terry with a 25th pick. We'll have to see how those guys progress. But look, they need more shooters, as you correctly said, Chris. They got another shooter in Quickly who was lights out at Kentucky last year. And yes, they clearly took this guy because of the Kentucky roots with with Kenny Payne, 100% sure. But if you're going to do that, it might be a good idea to take it for a school that has as productive of a draft, you know, success as Kentucky. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Which also makes you wonder, is Kentucky a farm system to the Knicks now? Like, you know, it's. Those are, you know, those are the type of rumors that's gonna happen that are going to happen. Within- the key is gonna be getting right, top five picks. Right, yeah. and didn't and didn't Leon Rose also represent Calipari? There was a yeah. connection there, right? Okay, but overall, if you were to put a letter grade on the Knicks last night, what would you give it, Steve? I would give it a B plus. I definitely think they were good in that they did not overreach for Obi Toppin, as we said, and then at the same time they started the day with picks 27 and 38. They wind up moving up in both rounds without giving up assets. That is really good, and that's something that I have not seen, those little maneuvers that don't really mean a lot, but they they show that you know what you're doing. And to me, I was very impressed by Leon Rose doing that. And even though we have no idea if these two players are going to be stars, role players, bust, but at the same time, I like the approach, and I think Leon Rose really did a good job last night. I'd give it an A+. Uh, sorry, A minus. I'd give it an A minus. 
Um, you know, it, it comes down to two things. Uh, and I mentioned one of them earlier. Um, we left this draft with shooters. And, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have a team with RJ, um, Barrett as your, as your focal point, who is a slasher and a distributor, then you need to surround them with shooters. And that's, the first thing that we ended up doing. Hopefully, we end up doing that in free agency. Uh, and the second thing, and probably the most um, underrated move from last night, was uh, the 33rd pick and getting it for a 2023 second rounder, which potentially might end up being the double draft, where you have high school uh, players coming into the NBA for the first time in almost – 20 years, I think. Um, yeah, 20 like, years. Yeah, like to, like the that move in itself to jump on on Steve's point kind of made me kind of showed me that you know the front office know what they're doing and it kind of seemed like they have a resemblance of a plan. What that plan will be, no idea. Time will tell. But mm-hmm. I am comp- I, I'm I'm very happy with knowing that Mitch Robinson, RJ, and Obi Toppin are the are the uh, foundation pieces for the New York Knicks. So a a minus for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a similar grade. Um, but I also felt like it was an underrated move to get somebody like Miles Powell who went undrafted. Um, I don't know if we want to group that in with the NBA draft, but I think you can. Anyway, Miles Powell gave us terrors when 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 Seton Hall played St. John's. Miles Powell is definitely deserving to be an NBA player at some point. I don't know if he's at ready now, but um I thought that was an underrated move. As you said, Leon Rose practiced patience last night, didn't trade up, didn't bargain with the future at at, at any point. Um and said, you know, we have a pick, another pick, and what relatively was a weak draft for this one. Now we have somebody, a potential asset in the future that we can use as a trade. Who knows what? Right. Um, yeah. Overall, I'm very satisfied with the draft. Um, but I will say though, I think it makes it clear that the Knicks are probably going to go after Russell Westbrook or Fred Van Vliet now, which obviously brings us up to the to the next part of our conversation, which is about free agency. Um, free agency begins at 6 p.m. Friday. The Knicks have so far declined options on everyone except Reggie Bullock. Um, the team looks like a shell of itself, but I'm I'm happy that we're at least going young here. Steve, I know you have some ideas on who you want, but really quickly, how do we feel about Fred Van Vliet dressing up in orange and blue? Because as you guys know, I'm a big fan of his. I think he could do great things here. Could solve our point guard situation. He's tested. He can shoot the ball. Um, and now that we have someone like OB, you know, we have another playmaker on the roster who can start. I'm, I'm personally a big fan of Fred. So and you guys know I've been advocating for him for over a year. So, yeah, Chris, I think it's a really, really interesting idea. And I feel like I'm in the middle between you two about Fred Van Vliet, where I think Sebastian is very against it. I think you're very for it. I'm kind of on the fence. And to me, I'm on the fence for two reasons. One, he's. He's good, but how much is the Raptors system, the Raptors development plan really boosting his stock? How how much better did they make him? And then you put him in an environment where you don't have that developmental system. 
Does he regress? Does he stop improving? How does that work? You're also going to have to give him at, at least $95 million on a four-year deal. That's $24 million a year. That's at, at the least. I think Toronto may match that deal, and I think he'd choose to go back there over here if that happens. The reason why I'm, I'm not against it, though, is these Russell Westbrook talks because Russell Westbrook is a dynamic player, but he's 32. He's significantly older than Fred Van Vliet. He's a much worse shooter. He has a knee surgery every 12 to 18 months. He just turned 32 last week. And you have you may have to give up something to get him. So I'm a little afraid about going in that direction. And think about this. We're thinking about overpaying Fred Van Vliet. We're thinking about giving him the bag. He's going to be making 60% of the money that Westbrook makes the next couple years. Think about that. Well, I think you address the most one of the most important positions on the floor with the point guard position. And I, I keep getting back to this almost every show. But if you don't have a, a leader on the floor that can tell where people should go, then then no wonder the offense sucks. You know, we've had a, a, a freaking rotating door of point guards every year. We solved that problem. Who knows? It could solve a lot of them on the floor. Maybe we'll be a decent team. Who knows? But again, I'm, I'd be okay with Russell Westbrook as long as we don't give him an asset. Um, the one thing I would say is that, like, if if Russell Westbrook ends up averaging 20-plus points and maybe he becomes into a trade asset, I think that's something to look into. Um, I'm, I'm on the side of neither. <laughs> like, you'd go for neither. On one end, um, with, with the Knicks uh, cutting all the players that they did today, they still have roster spots to fill in, right? Uh, having a forty million dollar player uh, past his or in his prime, let's let's be fair to the guy, and still having the need to fill up those roster spots uh, would be bad business, would be bad management on Leon Rose's side. And then on the other end, with Fred Van Fleet, my my argument with him still stands even after uh, even a year later. He's a hell of a player, and God knows that he can. He can distribute. He can shoot the ball. He's very feisty on defense. But is he is he is he a product of the rapper, Raptors system, offensive system? Yes. Does he um, benefit from the fact that he plays right next to Kyle Lowry? Absolutely. So less eyes go on him. He deserves his bag, no question about it. But if I'm the Knicks, you roll with what you got with the with the young guards that you have you wait to fight another day in terms of solving your point guard problems because this trade market and this free agency class and as we know now the draft class wasn't the answer so maybe the trading deadline is the answer who knows maybe next summer maybe next draft is the answer like there there's no you know there's there's no need to rush for quick fixes to get it right and the Knicks have been trying to get it right since 73 so it that that would be my stance on that you just get neither all right guys Uh, I want you to rank these three potential Knicks targets in terms of how much you would want them Fred Van Vliet Russell Westbrook Gordon Hayward keep in mind the Knicks according to Mark Stein are being aggressive in their pursuit of Hayward and there's growing belief that Hayward will decline his $34 million player option next year, and New York may loom as Hayward's best option given all their cap space. So Fred VanVleet, Westbrook, 
Hayward, rank them, go. Okay, Van Vliet, Russell Westbrook, I'd rather chop off my arm. Than Hayward. Gordon, than Hayward. Man, okay. Um, Gordon Hayward, um, Russell Westbrook, Van Vliet. So you guys went opposites. So, Sebastian, <laughs> you want to tell us why you think Gordon Hayward to the Knicks would not be a terrible decision? On a, on a uh, he's a vet. He's a wing that we desperately need. Um, he wouldn't become the focal point of the offense. Um, is he injury-prone? Sure, but so also is Westbrook. Uh, he, just, he just fits – the right need for right now and on and honestly can you get him for less than 25 mil you can if you give him more years for it um that's i think those would you give him three years 70 million um that's that's my guess of what the number is the averages to how much a year that's like 23 23 and a half a year uh the ballpark of 18 to 22 a year i'd give him I, I I would feel much more comfortable going with Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I believe can be had out of Sacramento. They're about to pay De'Aaron Fox. They just gave Buddy Heald the bag. It seems like the trade market for Buddy Heald is not as robust as they thought it would be. So I would try to go after him. And to me, he's a guy whose best basketball is ahead of him. And I think Gordon Hayward's best basketball is likely behind him. He's only 29 years old. So again, it, it, I could be wrong, but... He's not been healthy in the last three years in Boston. It just didn't work. And yes, he'd be more in a Utah focal point of the offense kind of thing in New York compared to where he was in Boston, which I think would help him. But at the same time, I'm a little worried about the injury history. You're going to have to give him a big deal. Um, I would I would rather go with the younger Bogdanovich if you could. And I, I think he's he's his best basketball is ahead of him. And I'm curious to see what that looks like. You know what? The one thing with Gordon Hayward that always discourages me about him is that, like, as as great as he is when he does play, it's like that injury history always seems to loom at the most crucial points in, in a season. Like, I can't remember any time that he's been, like, on the floor when the Celtics needed him. And I feel like I've watched a good amount of Celtics games. In any case, Gordon Hayward, I wouldn't like him in the Knicks. I'd rather have Bogdanovich. If I were to rank him, it'd be Van Vliet, Bogdanovich, Russell Westbrook, anybody else, Gordon Hayward. It's just I, I don't I don't see him really going with the timeline of this group. I yes, agree. He's only, yes, he's 29, but he's not doesn't really look like he's entering or he doesn't look like he's entering his prime. It looks like he's leaving it and really quickly. Yeah. So Gordon Hayward turned 30 in March. So this okay, was so finished his age 29 season. So look, I, I think he's a guy who does bring a lot of positives. He's a playmaker. He can shoot. He, I think would help those young Knicks, but at the same time, I think you hit it perfectly, Chris. He's not really on the timeline that these other guys are. You're talking about Obi Toppin is like the third oldest Nick right now. And he's 22. Gordon Hayward's gonna be 31 next year. You really want to give him a long-term deal. And again, it's going to be a lot of money. Because if he's turning down $34 million, that means he has a better <laughs> better offer somewhere else. So, And you, Atlanta's got all this money. Let him go to Atlanta. You know, in theory, with the $40 million the Knicks have, they could go out and sign Fred Van Vliet, as you said, and potentially Bogdanovich as well. And you have those two vets who are still young, 
to go with your three core guys, you know, that's that to me is a really fun young team that could potentially compete for a playoff spot at the same time, not killing their chances at getting another high draft pick. Yeah, I'm still I mean, I'm still on the on the fence with the point guard situation. I like I said before, I you 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 fight to live another day and you know maybe the answer isn't now maybe it's six months from now when is the trading deadline when you're able to trade an asset like an expiring randall and maybe dsj or something or or maybe like i said maybe it's free agency next year i mean gordon haywood just on paper alone and and not looking at numbers he would fit next to rj and ob toppin he he would be that type of wing at the three at three spot who's mobile enough to guard and can can play like a free, a free flowing type of type of offense you know i just would i sign him for 35 a year no um would i sign him for close to 18 to 22 mil absolutely i, I just think i just think above anything else you know he he would he would be what marcus more what i thought marcus morris would have been for the Knicks last year which is a, a veteran presence to like show these young kids like you know what the NBA is supposed to be like day in and day out. So, you know this this team they're gonna fill this team up with veterans. So might as well be a veteran like Gordon Haywood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well said there. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting, guys. Free agency is gonna go really quick. Uh, they do have to find a point guard, whether it's Van Vliet or Westbrook or somebody else. I think another one last name to think about is Goran Dragic who had a pretty good year in Miami. He's always been injury prone, though. That's a concern. You're going to have to overpay him. I wonder if you can overpay him on a one-year deal to get him to leave Miami. I don't. I know Miami's cap space. They have some cap space, but it's not as much as us. So I wonder if uh, you, that's a guy you could go out and get and then maybe fill the team with you know shooters like Joe Harris or Bogdanovich and see what this team looks like going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Only time will tell. Hopefully, we figured that we figured that out pretty soon. I, I really like Bogdanovich on the Knicks. I think that that would be a good fit. And it just again, if you don't have anybody who could bring up the ball, it kind of leads me like to, to think that you know our our ceiling won't be that high. But you know, I'm not expecting it to be high to begin with. So why don't we head over to final thoughts, guys? So the Knicks just signed Miles Powell. Um, to a two-way contract, uh, I big fan of Powell. I think he'd be a, a you know a player who can bring a scoring punch off the bench eventually, um, and sort of an underrated move from the Knicks. Uh, any any thoughts from you guys on him or? I, I like it. I, I always tell. love giving local guys a chance. You know they always could use more young players, obviously, and. As we've brought up before, they declined uh, Kenny Wooten's contract, so they had a two-way space open, which makes me think he's going to be a G League guy who can make a couple cups of coffee this season, and I, I hope he succeeds. Yeah, man, I have a question for the both of you, though. Miles um, Powell, how, how old did he do against your Johnnies? Against your crushed Saints? him. As Chris crushed said him. before, he crushed him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I mean – I really had I, the my barometer doesn't go one way or the other with two-way players. Hope they work out, and I hope they have a long career. I do. I think this would this is going to be a difference maker, hopefully. But I don't know. It's just wait and see. 
good for him though. He's he's a local kid, so I'm rooting for him. And then now we also found out that Clay Thompson is out for the season. He tore his Achilles, so putting you know putting a lot of doubt whether the Warriors can make the playoffs. I know you guys feel differently than I do, but the potentially the Warriors the Warriors were going to make some noise this season. They're going to go back into the playoffs and like potentially you know give the Lakers, the Clippers a run for their money. Um, do you guys think that this team is going to make the playoffs? Where do you see this team finishing at the end of the year? Well, first of all, just a horrible, horrible situation for Clay and the NBA itself. Because how many players can you say in the NBA are just universally loved like Clay Thompson is? Like he doesn't have any enemies. Nobody's really against Clay Thompson. It really is a shame because he put himself on the line in that finals, and now it's going to be two years without playing. Who knows what kind of Clay Thompson we're going to see when he comes back coming off an ACL and now an Achilles tear. I think they're going to be a threat. I think Golden State's a threat for a 7-8 spot. Again, now that it's going to be 7 through 10 make the playoffs, I think that's not really a concern of theirs making the playoffs as long as Steph Curry is healthy. But look, they're going to need Wiggins to step up. I think this gives more shots to uh, James Wiseman. And we'll see what they look like. But at the same time, it's uh, it definitely closes the door for them to win the championship this year. Yeah, I'm with Steve. I I do think you, you don't sleep on Stephen Curry uh, and Draymond Green put together. Uh, you, you know, if Curry doesn't hurt his hand last year, they're a playoff team in my eyes. Um, they don't pick second in the draft. Um, you know, knock on wood that Curry stays healthy this season. Um, do I think they will end up as the top five uh, team in the West? No. At most, probably six or seven, but they will be definitely in the conversation of the play-in play tournaments that, they, that they're going to have at the end of the season. And Quite honestly, this also this would probably also give them more of a reason to, I don't, who knows, maybe go out and search for for a a, a new running mate uh, with Steph and Curry out out in the trade market or something like. It, it's unfortunate what happened with with Clay Thompson, but I think now with the Achilles tear, it's um, it, I think it's time for the Warriors to look at themselves in the mirror and, and ask themselves, what are we going to do? Are we going to compete or are we going to try to retool again for the next four years with Curry? It's a great question because they have this $17.5 million trade exception. That trade exception must be used by Monday. Yeah. So it's not like they have a few weeks, months to evaluate, okay, what's our team looking like? They got to decide, are we going to use that trade exemption basically by the end of the weekend? And if we do, our cap, our luxury tax is going to be this – $17 million player is going to cost us $60, $70 million. So is that something you want to do on a team that might battle for an eight seed, might battle for a six seed, but at the same time, you got Curry, you got Draymond. How can you look them in the eyes and say, we're going for it. You guys need to give your full effort if we're not going for it in the front office. So it's, it's really one of the more fascinating situations on top of the fact that I'm not really sure who that player even is if they decide they do want to spend the money. Yeah, I mean, I, I look around the league, and um, I don't think – well, first of all, I don't think there's going to be a team around the NBA who's going to give – who's going to do the Warriors any favors. 
in terms of like trying to take their players and they have they have some really good young players in pascal and 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 uh pool and i guess now wiseman um so i mean another year with those with those guys playing on the warriors this should be a fun team to watch it's just i don't i i don't see i like i like steve said i also don't see who who that player who like who is going to be the player that they trade Andrew Wiggins for? Here here's an idea of a guy who could help Golden State right now without killing their their tax bill. How about Malik Beasley? He's a guy who was got from Minnesota last year. He really took off after the trade from Denver and apparently according to reports they've made him available in discussions after taking Anthony Edwards he's a restricted free agent so you're going to have to give him some kind of deal but at the same time you can match any deal i think that might be the guy who can play both wing positions replacing clay as a shooting guard and potentially moving clay to the small forward when he's back that i mean his he's got a legal situation so i'm not really sure how he's going to be able to play to start the season but if he is you know, the coast is clear for him. That's the guy I would target if I'm Golden State. Yeah, he's he's looking at a court and not a basketball court pretty soon. So it, <laughs> don't don't even uh, like the, there's no team in the NBA no that touch that. at all right now. What, you, if, you know, if, you know sorry, what, though? You know, I was going to say that he did receive a qualifying offer from the Timberwolves uh, today. Um, so he so is they can match be, any deal. Yeah. So we'll see. He's, you know, he's only 24. He's a 40% three-point shooter the last couple of years. Again, I don't know what his law, his legal situation is. That's the concern. So I think that's a wait-and-see approach for a lot of teams. And, I mean, he's a guy who can help a lot of teams, including the Knicks and the Warriors. Yeah. I think now now thinking out loud, and I'm just going to shoot this name out there, maybe maybe this would make a bit of sense with that 17 mil. Um, Gary, Gary Harris, maybe, maybe they go to the, maybe they go to the nuggets and ask for, for him. I think, I think he's, I think he's a little over the hill. He is every year he's declined the last couple of years. It seems like the injuries have really gotten to him. He's not the same player he was when he came out of Michigan state. I would not touch him in a, in a deal right now because he's expensive. He's one of those three and D wings that everyone wants, but he has not played as well as he did to start his career. Okay. Well, that, that, um, was, that was an interesting name I thought about. Yeah, no, it's definitely an I interesting think, name. I think yeah. the Warriors are, are, are better placed, like just seeing what they have this year, maybe raising Andrew Wiggins's trade value and seeing what they can get with him. Although his contract is also like one of the worst in the NBA. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but you know, the Warriors have can surprise people. Um, especially as you guys love to mention, you know, you can never count out Curry. So hopefully that's the case for them. Real um, quick, Chris, with them, if they don't make the playoffs, you're talking about them with a top 10 pick again. They're going to have Minnesota's top 10 pick in, a, in what's considered a loaded draft. You might get Cade Cunningham and, and Green, and, and you're talking about a Spurs kind of reload with the top of the draft. That would be well, the most Golden State Warrior thing ever. Right, and I don't even count it out. Like I, they already got the I'm, second I'm, pick this year. They're due for the first now. So I'm reading that book by Ethan Strauss, and it just clear to me that the Warriors are always playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. <laughs> um, 
Really quick, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about that Nets trade last night? You know, they traded their 19th pick for Landry, um, and it was a three-team deal, right? And then uh, Luke, the Clippers got Luke Kennard, um, and 19 I, went to Detroit, which became Sadiq Bay from Nova. Yeah. So, how do you guys feel about that? Um, Luca, uh, Luke Kennard is Luke Kennard was a player that we were also interested in getting this. Um, in a trade, um, I like the fit personally for the Clippers. It just seems that you're going to be setting up yourself for a payday with him eventually. Landry Shamit with the Brooklyn Nets, love the shooting. You need shooters, especially if you're going to bring on uh, Durant and, and you know Kyrie. Um, but those are my immediate reactions from it. I really like uh, the Nets getting Landry Shamit. He was a guy who was rookie year. He was a really, really good three-point shooter, and last year I felt like he just didn't get enough minutes to get into a rhythm. I think he's a really good fit, and look, uh, I get what the Clippers are doing. They're trading Kennard, who is who is better than Shamit last year, but at the same time, Kennard, you got to pay a year sooner, and I, I don't think the upside is there as much as it is with Shamit. And then from Detroit's side, I like that a lot. You're trading a guy you didn't really want to pay for a – really versatile young wing who could be your starting three for the next seven, eight years. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I like Luke Kennard as a player. It makes sense for the Clippers. It makes much more sense than, uh, Shamit on the Clippers. Uh, talking about a player that can, that can shoot the rock, can defend, uh, can defend one through three if he had to. Uh, I like Sadiq Bay in 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 Detroit. I mean, look, we can't we can't ever count out those Villanova guys. Like anyone, every year, no matter who it is, Villanova is just a an NBA player factory. So right there, I I just with that alone, I know Sadiq Bay is going to be at the very least an average to above average NBA player. Um, I was never a big Shamit guy, even when he was in in LA. Um, I mean, I know that uh, he's another kid that can shoot the ball well, but I just never understood the hype that came along with him. Maybe it's because the Clippers found him where they found him. Uh, well, they got him from Philly in the Tobias Harris deal. And yeah. he was great in Philly. Yeah. Like, I just, even in Philly, I just never understood the, the huge hype about him. Um, so I'm not a fan uh, for for Brooklyn, not because I'm a Knicks fan, but just as a as a in an NBA spectrum kind of way. I'm just never a fan of him. Um, but the last thing, my last reaction to that is I actually don't think that Luke Kennard is going to be looking for a huge payday, or there would there's going to be teams lining up to give it to him. Like at the very best, you, he's he'll probably double his salary, which would end up being seven to 10 mil a year, somewhere about around that, that ballpark. Um, so for the Clippers, great trade. It, I think two out of the three teams last night won that trade. That's, that's my reaction to that. All right, guys, that'll do it here for the all hoops podcast. Thank you, Sebastian, for joining us on our next show. We'll recap all the craziness from the NBA free agency. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening guys. Let's go Knicks. Oh, you know,
Mas, não, mas, não.